All right, we just had Josh Booty on. What a great interview, man. I love having him on. He has really such a great sharp, perspective man. on things. Yeah. And, you know, he gets it from a Major League Baseball standpoint, but he also gets it from an NFL standpoint. He gets it being from good enough to make the pros in two sports. That's, you know, Josh didn't have a great career in either sport. He made the, he made the big time in, in two both. sports. Yeah. Wow, man. I don't, Brandon Whedon. You know, you don't think about the same kind of thing. I well, think but Brandon never made the majors. No, that's true. That's true. Forgot Danny that. Ainge. Oh, Jackson, obviously. I've Bo, seen a lot. You know, it's been Dave, great. Dave DeBusher going back. Deion Sanders. Deion? Deion, Deion yeah. was the best. Bo, Bo Jackson. Jeff, don't you think, though, that there's a lot of athletes that could have played two sports? Um, like oh, yeah. Kenny Lofton, right? Yeah. Well, no, no. Kenny was a good college basketball player. He would have not been a pro player. Catch a break here? You never know. No. I'm just saying. No. Oh, you're 100% no. 100%. No. You can say Kenny that for a fact. Made the, no, I don't believe Just saying that. he was a two-sport athlete, right? Fair enough. Oh, Kenny was really good. Yeah. yeah. I, really good basketball player. I, I do really think, athletic. though, that there are – I like, I wonder how some athletes would do in other sports. And I don't – like, you don't think LeBron could have played in the NFL? Could have played sure football? Yeah. A lot of guys, I think, Andy, who play uh, NBA basketball – who have made the NBA could play pro football. Yeah. I don't think a lot of guys who play pro football or baseball could play the NBA. I would think the NBA would be the toughest of them to switch over to. It's such specific skill sets. You know, you've got to be really good at a couple of things. If you're a if you're a great athlete, you know, yeah. and I mean great. And I don't mean to disparage anybody who's ever made the NFL. If you're a really good athlete, really good, I think you could make the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I was once told that, I can't remember if it was Jason or Travis Kelsey, could have made it to the NHL, that they had those kind of skills really, they had at a young kind of level. Skills? Yeah, at a young level that they yeah. could have done <clears throat> done that. But then again, as you get older, I think legend yeah. also plays into it too. If, so. if, if you don't have specific skills, you can't play baseball. And if you don't have specific skills, you can't play basketball. No, I mean, do you remember LeBron taking batting practice? Like was I always awful. think about that. It was yeah. awful. But it was but cold. that's right. He was an 18 year old kid and swinging a bat, you know, at Jacobs Field at the time. Hmm. But yeah. he, he didn't have a good swing. And Josh just didn't matter. To be, he was an all state wide receiver. And Josh happened to be one of those guys. So, yep. but going back to our conversation with Josh, because I always find it fascinating, because I always walk out of our conversations with him feeling a little bit smarter. You know, like the segment we do at the end of the show. But when, when this is one of the reasons why, and we started talking to him about Deshaun Watson and what we're watching and what we're seeing. It's right there in front of our eyes and trying to figure it out um, as this team moves into next season with Deshaun Watson. Here's what he said, if in case you missed it. Uh, yeah, I think he can. But I, but it doesn't it doesn't come easy. I think he's got to get some more games under his belt. I think this offseason, being the guy, not having the distractions. Distractions play a huge role in, in, in people's lives. And that's in relationships and sports and businesses, you know, all over the world every day. And if you if you let that seep in or creep in the outside noise or things that that could happen or are happening into your game, that's a big big minus uh, that can happen. Um, and so you know it's like it's like the, the Giselle Brady thing during the middle of the year. I mean, how, he don't want to deal with that in the middle of the season. And Giselle's probably making it a little difficult on him. He's got to take a leave of absence the week before the season starts. It would deal with attorneys. I mean. That's a lot for a player that's that runs pretty much, you know, the entire organization from a 
from a PR standpoint and from being a quarterback like the CEO. So that's a tough situation. Sean Watson's not any different. He's just dealing with a different type of sidetracking, you know, with, with what he was dealing with. He got sidetracked, and that can be a huge hindrance for a player's development or a player's, uh, you know, way of thinking or the standard he sets for himself every week because he's over here half the time with his brain, with his mind, uh, you know, having to deal with different things. So I, I think that a clear mind will be huge for him. Do you think that's that's what it's going to take? He'll he'll be through all the lawsuits here soon. Well, we think, right? Yeah, we're hoping. Um, and then we go into next season. I really feels like it's going to be a clean slate going into next year, as long as you know we don't get any other twists or turns to the story. Is that the difference for Deshaun Watson going into next year? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't know. Um, I, I thought, you know, I, I definitely wanted to, to take our questioning to Josh on that time away. Dude was away from five five years from football. Right. And so he knocked it off enough to end up playing two years at LSU and then getting drafted by Seattle. You know, after, after being a pro baseball player and making the majors. And the fact that he just told us, and we just heard it again, that he thinks Watson can get there, Andy, back to what he was. To me, that that carries some weight. And, but again, it won't be easy. It was a bigger deal than I thought it would be. I didn't think he would be uh, – I, I can't think of a better word to describe it than rusty, but – he had just been away, and but there were times when I thought those skills were still there. You know, what, what was it, the second-to-last game against Washington when the Browns came out of the locker room at halftime and scored on their first three drives? Deshaun looked great. The offense looked great. And I just thought, there it is. That's what we all signed up for here, if you're a Browns fan. That's, that's what it's all about right there. And I, I think you can get back to that. But they obviously... You know, after after playing one way for 11 weeks, and one way I mean Jacoby Brissett gets rid of the ball pretty quick, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't extend plays as much as Deshaun extends plays and gets away from sacks and everything else, the offense has to play differently, and they'll have a better opportunity to figure that out. But I, I thought Josh's perspective on it was outstanding. I still think if they win the Pittsburgh game, you feel a lot better about Deshaun Watson. And it doesn't matter really? when it, yeah, because it, it, four and two uh, just feels a lot different than three and three. It does. Feels better than four and seven. Well, that's true too. But I, I, I want to be all in on Deshaun Watson for next year. I'm just not there, Jeff. Well, you know what? The problem was, Andy, the, the last six games, I was hoping that the last six games would erase questions. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah, that, that stretch did not erase the questions. A lot of those questions are still in place as the Browns go into the offseason. However, there were enough things that happened that went well that they have a lot of tape they can show. Like, hey, here's how this worked. This is why it worked. Here's how we can make it better, blah, 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 blah. And I, I would think that Deshaun feels a lot better about his football future now than he did when he's sitting there watching Jacoby in week 10. That's know? true. I, I, I'm looking for improvement. You know, like I, I don't feel – I feel like he improved because I think the first game against Houston, despite the fact that it was a win, 
<coughs> excuse me, he looked just god awful. I didn't think he looked. I mean, I was just like, oh man, we got a long way to go. Yeah. Now, I do. Yeah. I mean, I do take into consideration all of the things that Josh Booty said. You know, I can only imagine what was going through his mind at that point. And you know, we saw some of the rust that we saw in the preseason. Which, by the way, made me think a little bit more about preseason and how important it can be for a quarterback, about getting just regular reps against another team and getting yeah, but, into the flow of things. But you were still I shutting it down for three months after that. Well, no, 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 I understand. But I also think that the perspective of it is guys got to get their work in during the preseason. Like, not playing these guys, not playing starters because, you know, we're, we're worried about minutes and we're worried about um, – I just forgot. NBA has it all the time. Load management. Load management. That you're worried about load management for NFL players, it just kind of makes me reconsider the thought on preseason and how important it really can be. Because I've always been like, let's just get through this. Let's just go. Get me to the regular season. This doesn't matter. But there is something to be said for it. I mean, even look at Deshaun in the games that he played. He had two touchdowns. What? Two touchdowns in the first four games and then five in the last two. Look at his sack totals in the last two. Ooh, yeah. I haven't looked at that. Pretty yet. nasty. What yeah, was it? twelve, right? Yes, twelve. Yeah. Um, and then prior to that, what four and eight? He had eight in the first four games. Why? Were they trying to do more? Um, you know, they they won the Washington game. I could see being sacked a little bit more against Pittsburgh because you were trying to do more. But the other part of it was, the, I mean, the end of that Pittsburgh game was just abysmal. Like no one, I, I think it was you know once the moment they had said that uh, the Dolphins had had made the kick and so the Steelers were out, that changed a lot of the perspective of the game and just kind of took the the uh, the wind out of the sail for the end of the season and, and where the Browns were at that point. So I, I just think um, all this is is super interesting. I think what Josh said was interesting, and I'm still wondering what everyone's looking forward to next year when it comes to Deshaun Watson. And where he's going to grow with this thing? Are you worried or you're not worried? Two one six five seven eight double zero ninety two is the number to call. Also, want to get into some baseball stuff. Chris Rose is going to join us here at one o'clock. Baskin and Phelps ninety two three the fan. Jeff, I know we talked about Guards Fest a little bit earlier, but I I want to talk about another story that and again uh, we had talked a little bit of news coming down, gentlemen. Cavaliers guard Donovan Mitchell is out tonight. Per the twelve thirty NBA injury report, Donovan Mitchell out tonight against the Grizzlies. No surprise. Hope he's not out against Golden State on Friday. Be healthy, right? That's what we need him to be. Be healthy. Well, so if you miss tonight, you miss tonight, people. Can I can I go old school trainer on you? Sure, go ahead. Take those, an those, to it. Those groin injuries you don't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. You better let them heal. Otherwise, you're dealing with a strained groin all season long. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised just knowing that they really err on the side of caution here. Best part was Woody bouncing to the rap. Rest, right? That's the best thing you can do for a groin injury, right? Rest? I don't know. I don't know either. I've never really, I mean, we just say it. I don't really ever think about it. So get him some rest tonight. Tape an aspirin to it. <laughs> Go there, ahead. There it, there it is. There it is. There it is. So, and so now we know that about the Cavaliers. Uh, when it comes, let's go back to the Guardians for a second, too, because mm-hmm. are you surprised that they haven't made any moves here this offseason? I mean, really. Other, Josh Bell, baby. I mean, other than, you know, Josh Bell. Uh, Did you expect them to do other things? Kind of. Dan, did you? Yeah. I, I thought they might add a veteran starting pitcher. Still time. 
And I thought they might, might add another outfielder. But I don't want them to. You know, the, the only way I would want them to add an outfielder, and I just, you, you're not going to like this, Andy, is if they replaced Miles Straw. And Miles is a terrific defensive outfielder who is better with a bat than he was this last year. And I, I would expect him to bounce back. So he's getting every benefit of the doubt. But if they were going to bring in a really good defensive center fielder who could hit and had to give up some young prospects to make something like that happen, I would have done, I'd have been okay with that. Because I want to see Stephen Kwan again. No, why wouldn't we? And I want to see Oscar Gonzalez again. Why wouldn't we? I don't, they have some young guys, and there's some talent in the farm system. We've talked about this, you know, numerous times when, you know, periodicals like Baseball America are out there saying, "Hey, look, look at this farm system. They're, they've got some guys that can play." And you know, Dan, um, I, I don't know um, when Ken Rosenthal said this. When did Ken say this? So this is on Monday. He will during the regular season. It's every week on the Athletic Baseball Show. Ken Rosenthal does a mailbag. Okay. Uh, during the off season, it's a little bit more sporadic as news comes up and all that kind of stuff. So Ken Rosenthal was asked by a Cleveland Guardians fan, how come the trade hasn't been made yet? This is what Ken said. I expected at the very least that the Guardians would have tried to consolidate their talent by parting with some level of middle infielder, some number of middle infielders, maybe more than one. They are very deep in that area. They've got at the major league level, Jimenez and Rosario. They've got kids coming. Gabriel Arias, others, and they really are in position to do that, especially at a time when so many teams need shortstops. The Red Sox still need a shortstop. Other teams as well. I'm not sure what they're thinking is. I will tell you this. It is not a knock on the Guardians, but it is what I hear consistently from other teams around the league, that the Guardians' front office is difficult to deal with. Not that they're not willing to talk or even engaging. It's more they set a value on their prospects, it's generally a high value, and then they don't come off that value that they assign. That's very fair of them to do. They have <laughs> every right to do that. Other teams do the same. But you will hear from teams, ah, oh, man, the Guardians, it's painful. You can't get anything out of them. <laughs> it takes forever, et cetera, et cetera. That said, they still have this glut. They even have pretty good depth in other areas as well. And I expect at some point they are going to make a consolidation type trade. It might not be before opening day. I would guess now it's not going to be before opening day. But at the deadline, they'll be in a really good position to address whatever it is that they want to address. And at that point, if you're the Guardians in their defense, you'll have even more information on your prospects and which ones you think are closest to the majors, which ones you think will be longtime contributors to the Cleveland organization. It's interesting because when I listen to um, Rosenthal say that, it's almost like they look at prospects like they're cash. You know? Yep. They look at them like they're cash. He just, everything that Ken Rosenthal just said brought a tear to my eye. I know. I saw you do like a fake cry over there. I was a little worried tear about to my you. eye. Why? We know that our team is not going to outspend other teams. Right. So what's their what's their currency? Players. Yeah. Young prospects who they can control financially. And I think our team has done a great job of maximizing those assets. And they play them for a while. And then if you're going to have to pay them big money, they've almost always gotten rid of guys at the right time, Andy. 
is that is that good or bad? Like again, I think this goes back to. I think it's good. I do too. I, I think it just goes back to just the way they're able to be consistent across. The, they know who they are, right? Isn't that what they're? What, that's what they're really saying. That, that's what Ken's saying. They know who they are. They might be tough to deal with. They know how they have to, to win. Yeah, that's they know what they have to do to win. And and, and here's the thing, right? I I would maybe like to see him add a starting pitcher, right? Right. Except for this, I don't think Zach Plesac's going to have another year like he had last year, and he didn't get a whole lot of run support. He pitched better than his record by all means. You have enough guys who made starts last year who aren't going to be in your rotation this year. If somebody gets dinged up, you need somebody, you, you're probably going to have better arms to bring up than you had last year. And, Daniel, you know, that legit? Is he with us? Darn right he is. All right. Wow. Chris Good Antonetti job you. joining us tomorrow at 1045. Outstanding. Indians president. Terrific. Guardians, pardon me. I won't say that tomorrow. Yeah, don't do that. Good to have Chris with us tomorrow. Wow, um, that's great. I wonder. I want to hear his reaction to that. Don't you? Um, it's a long thing to play for him. Well, I'm not saying to say it, but we're <laughs> going to say that you know Ken Rosenthal said that sometimes you can be tough to work with. That, that, you that the organization your prospect, is, or yeah. you, you, I wouldn't even say overvalue. You really value your prospects. For instance, if you're the San Diego Padres, you're spending money like crazy. So what are you doing with your prospects? You're throwing them away. You're throwing them in the deals. You're sending them to the Indians. Now, Guardians. <laughs> well, you, you tra- at the time you traded him to the Indians, right? You know, you they made multiple trades where they gave away boatloads of prospects, and it's working out for our team. You know, it, it's it has paid dividends, and I just think that's terrific. I I know how they have to win, Andy. You know how they have to win, and it's by getting. I, I wouldn't say lucky. But having your developmental players reach the majors and play for you. For instance, did you think I, I didn't? I'll just go ahead and say it. Mm-hmm. When they put Stephen Kwan in the lineup last year. Nope. I thought it was just a stopgap. Yes. Well, guy turns out to be a beast. Yeah. It, it, He's a terrific baseball player. I, I love having him on our team. And I thought when when he was the starting outfielder at the start of the season, I just thought, okay. When, when can we get George Valera here? Or is there any anybody else? Can we trade for somebody? What? Well, they knew what they were talking about. They knew what was going on. We had to convince at them what to point bring up Oscar Gonzalez, but, you know. Yeah, but at what point did you believe, you know? In Quan? I, I'll be honest. I was the All-Star still, break. I was, still on, uh, I was still on the Fran Reyes bus. But well, they saw something we didn't, and, yeah. you know, in the end, they were right. You know, I was like – wonder why they're giving up on this guy because it was just it was such high hopes coming out of San Diego for him and the people we had talked to from San Diego were like you would not believe the guy you're getting blah 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 and I was like wow I'm in I'm all in on this thing so um but you're right I mean that is exactly one of the players that you kind of look at and you're like huh and here's that really worked out well yeah as as Ken Rosenthal just said in that soundbite there's a, a bunch of talent in middle infielders in the organization right now. All right, well, you can you can take a little gamble and trade one now. Well, what, what would you trade that for right now? A primo outfielder? Okay. 
and, and I ask this with complete sincerity, who do you replace? Would it be Miles Straw? I would think it would be Miles Straw, except for one thing. Might be the best defensive outfielder in baseball. He's outstanding. And he's got to play every day. Right. Too. It's not there's, like... But there's there's no way, to be perfectly honest, there's no way that I want the Guardians to bring in a guy and they say, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be our new right fielder. Well, why? you don't need that. Let's see what you have in Oscar Gonzalez. And they're not going to say, let's see our new left fielder. Well, well, you have Stephen Kwan. If you wait till the trade deadline, you're going to have an even better feel for those guys. Maybe Oscar doesn't improve. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe Stephen doesn't. And that that's why you're set for now with options down the road. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And I don't have a problem with – uh, with him saying, with Rosenthal saying that it's tough to deal with these guys. That's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Let's ask Chris Rose that same question next. Baskin and Phelps, 216 578 0092.